Welcome to the Retail Smarts Podcast, hosted by Dominique Lamb. Well, with me today, which is very, very exciting, is we have Hygienet, um, which is one of our wonderful partners that are helping retailers through this very difficult COVID period, particularly uh, around hygiene and, and what to do in their stores. Um, so, Dean, tell us a bit about yourself. Good morning. Um, well, yeah. HygieMed um, has been born out of uh, necessity. It was a heritage brand where we used to deal with a lot of the hospitals for their garment uh, and technical garment control. Um, a demand in market for uh, PPE and um, sanitation and finding solutions for our existing clients um, sort of spawned HygieMed earlier in the year. Great. And Jules, you are in charge of marketing HygieMed um, to our wonderful retailers. Um, and certainly, I guess, from what we've seen, consumer habits have changed. Do you want to tell me a little bit about that? Uh, yes, thank you for having us. Um, so what we're seeing is um, consumer habits uh, are certainly shifting and and, as, and have been developed over the period of time that the, the country's been in lockdown and, um, and all of the restrictions that have been taking place has really kind of um, made customers very much more aware of hygiene and, um, and, and a lot of the health factors and certainly reflected in their shopping patterns. Um, people are being a lot more um, aware of um, having access to cleaning and hygiene products, um, but also, you know, the way that they're shopping with their their favourite stores or um, their local shopping centres, um, they're being they're particularly heightened and particularly wet. And look, and we've definitely seen that. We know from um, our, many of our statistics that, of course, um, look, we still don't have all of our retailers trading. We know that in CBD areas, it's still only 60% of retailers that are choosing to open because workforces simply aren't back in offices. And of course, in our major shopping centres, you know, outside of Victoria, you're probably still only looking at about an 80% return rate for retailers. And we know the big thing that consumers are saying to um, certainly our members is, you know, what are you doing about hygiene? And they're almost picking where they shop based on, you know, what they can see and, and what systems are in place. And I know you guys have developed something called the sanitization station, which is pretty exciting because you can match colours to branding and it's, you know, got all the things that you need, including, you know, wipes and disinfectants and bins and all those kinds of things. Um, how are they going? I mean, are retailers adopting those? Are you seeing lots of take-up? Yeah, there's been a, there's been a, a heightened interest. The you know I think you touched on something that it is a um, marketing opportunity, but also a brand values opportunity. If I'm caring for my staff, if I'm caring for my clients, if I'm visually seen to be doing those things and doing them in a meaningful way, like I think we mentioned before the interview, that retailers that had sanitizer that was duct taped to the wall, you know these band aid solutions. Um, really show a, almost a disregard to the client that, that you're not taking it seriously, that you see it as a fleeting thing. And unfortunately, uh, I think, you know, it's a change of life and you know, the, the retailers that are showing the security of their shopping environment, um, I think will be rewarded mm-hmm. long term. And I think additionally as well, you know, customer loyalty, you've probably seen the stats on that and how, you know, it has plummeted. And so I think retailers have a really big opportunity to build relationships and build loyalty now in these times. And I think, you know, having the visibility of a hygiene solution that says we care about you um, is really important. 
Yeah, in- incredibly important. I think, um, you know, certainly from, you know, what the retailers are reporting to us, you know, people aren't engaging with brands that don't have, you know, visible sanitizer and, and they don't have visible cleaning structures. And, and we know that just off the back of COVID, that for the first time probably in history, you know, we've seen a number of associations and unions as well as shopping centres work together to develop hygiene protocols, which are now, you know, a national standard um, within the industry, which requires these things to be present and, and to be in place for consumers. But, I mean, the hot topic this week, of course, has been Karen in Bunnings um, refusing to wear masks. And we know that Victoria has now mandated that masks have to be worn. We anticipate that will happen, you know, slowly across the country as more outbreaks occur. But tell me, how do you know what kind of mask to buy? Well, that's that's a really important thing. And I think, um, you know, all due respect to the TGA, and they've done a great job in a, in a fairly trying time, um, but there are a lot of cowboy suppliers out there. And um, whilst I don't want to discourage anyone from wearing a mask, and I, you know, it is of paramount importance, but there are some products out there that you may as well not um, be wearing masks. There are products out there that can have um, adverse uh, skin effects. There's the, things like that. So I think you know, the calibre of um, product that you get, um, you need to make sure that there's testing. And I, I know there was a report that you guys put out on that selection process um, and it probably needs to, you know, it's not, it's not, again, it's not a Band-Aid measure. If you have a staff and you're a chain and that staff member goes to a regional meeting and you haven't protected your staff probably, you know, you run the risk of losing your workforce and, and what's more, you know, if a case does um, break out, it's extremely detrimental to business um, in the current environment. So I think, you know, that due diligence taking a little bit of time to research, and I don't want to bore you like a science lesson, but, you know, filtration levels, finding suppliers of note, um, and part of that is that TGA research where you say, okay, well, this supplier last month was doing car seats but's now doing masks, probably a red flag to, uh, you know, to your selection process. So in the medical space, there's a couple of different factors, obviously different um, levels of efficacy that are designed to be appropriate for the particular procedure that the um, clinicians are, are doing. Mm-hmm. So like level one, for example, is for very low risk of any kind of exposure to, to airborne particles and, and blood and, and other bodily fluids. And then it goes up to level two, level three, and then beyond you're getting into use N95, P2 masks. So, you know, for retailers I would advise, you know, understand the basics of those different levels Mm -hmm. and um, where they can try and find or purchase um, or provide to their staff the highest possible amount of protection that they can get. Which is, yeah, incredibly important because we know that the laws around workers' compensation have changed in each of the states as well for COVID. So regardless of where someone contracts COVID, it's deemed to be a workplace issue, so you can still get a workers' compensation claim, which is incredibly costly to many businesses. So where you've got frontline workers, as we do in retail, it is imperative, you know, as you said, Dean, to keep them safe, not just from a work health and safety perspective, but you know, also just simply because you don't want your premiums to go up, um, mm. which can be really, really difficult. And I think there's a there's a um, notice of responsibility on the owners of company and institutions to have put in place a protocol. And unfortunately, a bottle of you know, subpar sanitizer sitting on the front counter just doesn't cut it. It needs to be in between service. I sanitize my hand or wipe down the the table with an appropriate product that has the the, the actual effect of what's needed. To, 
um, there's a massive amount of um, sanitizer on the market, sub 60% alcohol. And uh, you might as well be washing your hands in water because it'll have near zero zero effect against any virus. And similarly with the, the wipes, the, the um, agent in our wipes is, uh, is not an alcohol, um, but you know, the contact time that it requires to kill virus is, is, about, is about a quarter. And um, you know, these little things like that that need to be brought into the, day, the daily structure of the team, and not only in the, a daily structure but a per-service structure, particularly in food and hospitality, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think, um, you know, certainly the unions would be happy to hear you talk about hand sanitizer because it's been a hot topic for them, especially making sure that, you know, we have the right types of hand sanitizer located around centres and obviously in um, retailers as well for, for people's use. And, you know, there is a myriad of them out on the market, including I think the other day I went into Lush and they were telling me that the hand sanitizer smelled like rum because it had come from Bundaberg Rum, who are now making hand sanitizer. So everybody's kind of giving it a go as we do in retail. But um, as you pointed out with the mask, it's really risky, right, because you can simply get it wrong or it's not to the standard that it needs. And right now, given the numbers that we've seen come out of Victoria today, it's important to get that right. So, I mean, what other products do you have that retailers can implement in store? I mean, we've got masks, we've got hand sanitizer, certainly the disinfectant wipes. Yeah, and there's and there's things like, you know, gloves into food service and things like that that were part of protocol previously but probably need to be ramped up. There is like the you know, food preparation's always been quite good with a standard glove, but now, it should, you know, it should be extending to clearing the tables and um, all of those components as well. Um, there's, and, you know, there's... Uh, a lot of practices in outside of public-facing retail into into you know, dental and those sort of places like that that um, we've developed products for that are both cost-effective and you know are probably a little bit more environmentally uh, effective given that they're you know two items in one. We've got a, a product called the Pivot Pro that is a mask and visor, a very high-level mask and visor that carries all the way through from you know, things like day spa to dental to commentary and those guys that are you know, um, have practices in shopping centers um, that want a solution you know, they think it's a, a sensible thing and I think one of the other things that we've been really looking hard at and, and R&D wise is closing that loop on all of this PPE in terms of a, in terms of a recycling in terms of a, making a single product more effective uh, rather than filling filling our bins with polyurethane for uh, for the next 50 years. That's actually really exciting because one of the biggest things for our retailers is always sustainability and, and you know, whether they can recycle. And we know now that um, with consumer activism, you know, very high on, on the minds of many young shoppers, it really is about making sure that the brand reflects their values and, and they have a lot of values around, you know, are we using sustainable products? You know, can we recycle those products, et cetera? And the other thing is, you know, we know that those retail service models, you know, your hairdressers, your nail bars, your massage places, day spas are our hardest hit. So hearing that they can obviously access a product that is sustainable and can go through from your kind of front of store to um, you know, any of the services that they're providing is is really important. Yeah, and that's a really good point. You know, a lot of retailers may be uh, running the risk of actually reusing single-use masks mm-hmm. that are designed for a single use and actually don't understand enough about the fact that they're actually contaminating it by, by doing so. Mm-hmm. So, um, and one of the other masks that we offer is a reusable mask as well. Um, but, again, understanding how to take care of it and wash it and how to, Make sure that it's um, hygienic. So, what what is? Tell me which which level um, is a non reusable mask. 
So most, I would, I would hazard a guess, you know, 98% of all reusable masks are non-compliant to level one. And you know, there's people out there that are, and whilst it's, whilst it's great, and, you know, it's Tonya Todman, um, uh, make your own out of your pillowcase. The, oh, the, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, um, it's a booby trap. <laughs> the, um, the, um, you know, it's just not cotton, just, just doesn't cut it. The filtration of particle size that's required to be effective against virus, um, you know, is, is 0.1. Um, and the, you know, cotton won't sustain against 0.5. So it's, you know, it's, it's a, whilst it's a, you know, an, an effort, um, it, it's not really doing very much. So you're telling me that, you know, me wearing a fashionable mask with a Black Lives Matter slogan posted over the front of it is just great marketing. It's great marketing. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, that's good to know. And then I guess with the reusable mask, how do you look after a reusable mask? Well, they have to be washed every day mm-hmm. in at certain conditions. So um, that's sort of step one. The other consideration is if you're taking it on and off during the day, the potential for you to actually, you know, mm. touch it on the inside where you're supposed to be staying protected or even on the outside you know if you're if you've got contaminant on your hands and you touch it and take it off to mm. eat or drink or whatever then it can be compromised so we've certainly seen some stats around the virus lasting um you know for many hours on on surfaces and, and that's been a really big thing for apparel because of course people want to try on clothes and how do you stop people from trying on clothes and what do you do if they try it on the clothes um Obviously, they have to go through cleaning processes and things like that before they can go back onto the shop floor. So, I think you know, just teaching workers specifically about yeah, wearing the mask. Yeah. And, and I think you know, I think that's something that the, the government probably hasn't disseminated as clearly as possible. Is one that the type of mask, two the you know donning and doffing protocols around wearing the mask. That like there was a there's a article the other day on a gentleman who uh, had the mask and then pulled it off and rested it on his, his neck mm. uh, and then put it back up and, and you know, it becomes a useless apparatus mm. then. I think one of the bigger risks from what I've read in the, you know, global studies mm. around it is that the risk of staying on a surface versus being exposed as an airborne mm. particle is far greater. So that's why masks are so important because mm. if, you know, sneezing or coughing, it will actually linger in the air depending on the humidity levels and mm. all that kind of stuff. It's far longer than potentially on a surface. So it's just another thing that to be mindful of and why everybody having that protection mm. um, in those environments is, is important. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I think especially because we have so many young workers, I mean, we know that from the statistics that, um, you know, young people are reported to not to be as taking or not taking um, COVID-19 as seriously as other demographics. They view themselves as invincible and, and things like that. But, I mean, we, a third of our workforce within retail would be young workers. Mm. So, you know, I think hearing about the importance of, of masks, especially with airborne, you know, type viruses like COVID mm. is really important. Yeah, imagine that in a tight, closed yeah. environment like a fitting room. Good. That's it, especially, and I mean, social distancing has been a real problem, I think, for retailers because, you know, they're doing their best in terms of signage at the front of their shops and controlling the number of people that come in and out, but um, there has been a lot of resistance, not only to the masks, you know, as we've seen with Karen at Bunnings, but also um, with people just adhering to, you know, standing away from each other or having, you know, small numbers in store. And, of course, you know, police are doing their best in terms of fining and things like that, but you're right. I mean, it can be closed. It can be close, 
confines in some mm. of those stores. Okay. It's hard because retail is such an mm. experiential thing. Yes. Like you've got to touch and feel and get up close and personal with the product and people serving you. Yes. And, and I think the, the, you know, the result of doing it properly, like, you know, um, not, not putting Apple on a pedestal, but they were an early adopter. They had one entrance, one exit. Every customer was provided with a, with a quality mask while they were in there. Uh, every product was wiped down before and after touching. Um, you know, there was two people to a station. It was clearly signed. It was on brand. And you know, that, the strength of that adoption, you know, it, you know, keeps it on brand and keeps, and keeps them um, as a, a place that consumers want to go into. Mm. So if retailers want to purchase masks, I mean, can, can they have their brand on them? Yeah, so on the uh, some of the reusable masks have got branding capacity. Uh, products that we're doing now in that calibre of product that really does make a difference, uh, we've started to brand Hygiemed just for a, a knowledge uh, and, you know, a stamp of calibre of quality. Um, and I think that's an important thing that, you know, to sort of separate from some of the um, cowboy product that's uh, that's floating around. Um, and the other, the other thing to the product, the hypoallergenic effect, on a lot of people uh, with dodgy product is rendered. You're wearing it eight hours a day against your skin. Mm. You know, we haven't seen the longevity of those mm. effects across the society. It's only been mandated in Melbourne recently. You know, if we go, God forbid, if we have six months of this mm. or you know, 12 months of this wearing a mask every day, there's going to be a whole nother mm. uh, cause effect results that we haven't even thought of yet. So mm. you know, doing the right thing, if you put in some research, you pay for what you get. You get a, you get a quality of product from a reputable supplier. I think you know. I think then you're on the right path. Mm. I think the other thing to be mindful for retailers is um, getting their procurement right, mm-hmm. their procurement levels, and not just purchasing for the next couple of months mm. or the next month or the next week. That's something we've done with the sanitisation stations. Is and it's really helped a lot of these bigger retailers with their procurement task in that they've gone onto a, a recurring model where. The first of each month, I don't have to worry about this being sold out. I don't have to worry about a price fluctuation. It will rock up the first of each month in a subscription model mm-hmm. for the next 12 months. It fits in my stand. The stand's secure. Mm-hmm. It's not going to get stolen. Um, there's no electronic failures and, and things like this. It's, it's, it's still, it's still a, um, a, a manual process. Nothing can break on it. And I think thinking about those sort of things and making it easier for the retailer, you know, is, is an important thing. Yeah, and, and I guess protecting against that reliability of supply. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because none of us know what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure that retailers have, have had pressures on their supply chain and getting things in in time and things mm-hmm. like that. It's the same with, with these PPE products, you know. We don't know. You know, a lot of our clients are actually stockpiling a, a small amount of stuff so that, you know, they they have product there if they need it and there's supply issues. So. I, you know, I think that's so important because, I mean, I think we underestimate, you know, this is a global crisis and if you've got the numbers coming out of the States, you know, they had a shortage of PPE for some time yeah. there. And, of course, you know, you want to, as you say, go to a reputable source to obtain those products. So I think, you know, Dean, you were saying that you sold 2 million masks in the last three weeks. I mean, that's they're pretty incredible numbers. Yeah, and, and majority to the to Victoria. To Victoria. So, yeah. so I mean, if, if other states start to implement something like this, or we get other numbers or other spikes, um, you know, it is important, particularly if you're a national retailer, to to make sure that you, you've got enough stock for all of your workers. Yeah, and it's it's an enormous enormous pressure, and everyone's pulling each way. So, you know, we're having 
major hospital chains calling in panic mode that the levels that they had anticipated are now being depleted at a rate of knots. And because of public consumption, it's put um, massive demand pressure on those products. So having that supply chain smooth, sorted and reliable is, you know, I think it's a, a big assistance. So, I mean, a little, little known fact about you is that you were a retailer. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is the ultimate university. Yeah, well, it, is, it is a little bit like that. We often talk about that on here because you know a retailer is not always seen as a profession, right? So people get into it and they, you know, they, they come and they kind of go depending on what's happening. Um, so we have lots of casual and part-time workers. But where did you start in retail? What was your first job? Uh, so, so it was um, a part-time at a menswear store at Carondale, um, and. Really enjoyed it. Started working you know, as many hours as I could, and uh, when I left high school to go to university, they put a company car and and uh, and dollars in front of me, and uh, I took a I took a role there. But it uh, definitely lives in your blood, and I definitely think that it needs to be paid uh, a homage because the number of great business people that I've seen that have broken their their teeth on retailing because it is it's a multiple of hats. It's a it's it's not a single line of thought. It's you know you're a marketer, and, and everyone in the retail community will appreciate that you're you're, you're a marketer, you're I I R, you're 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 doing all of these um, jobs on a sometimes an hourly basis. You can switch, and I don't know. There's very many professions that give you that rounded experience of of you know, dealing with customers, dealing with suppliers. It's a it's definitely the cold face of of business, I think, and. The study of it, and uh, the more people we can throw up the ranks, the uh, the better we'll be. Oh, we like to think so. I mean, I think at this time we've got about one point two million workers within retail. The difficulty for us at this time is we know that retailers, because they have had such a difficult time, uh, are looking only to I think one percent of them are looking to put more people on. So with our unemployment rates nationally, of course, that causes certainly angst, um, you know, from an economic perspective. So we you know incredibly important industry that. I think, as you say, offers so many skills to so many people, but it's certainly something we're working through. I think, um, I mean, lockdown is hard for us because often we don't get the foot traffic that we need in the centres um, that we require in order to be open. So we've seen lots of closures and things like that. But our membership alone lost, I think, a billion dollars in the month of March. And we know from lockdown in April, they lost $3.6 billion nationally, which is pretty incredible. But look, they, they seem to be coming back in the, in the states that are open that aren't having massive outbreaks, which is, is always a good thing. But I think there's no way they're going to be able to return without support, certainly in the hygiene space. Yeah. That's exactly what you're offering. And, and, I, and I think, you know, part of making that experience back safe for them, you know, economically, the bounce back will be green shoots quickly. It will be um, reserved capital and people's personal savings, mm. uh, they haven't been travelling, they haven't been spending, that. there might have been some credit card bashing online. Um, but I, I think you'll find that, you know, whether it's the vaccine or whether it's a control measure, that when we do come back into full swing, it will be a fantastic time for business and retail in particular. Mm. And what's the best way to find you guys? So if our listeners are interested in obviously purchasing PPE, you know, where should they go? Do you have an online store? Should they call? You know, what's, what's yeah, the best way? Absolutely. To there are certain products that are available direct online e-commerce style, mm-hmm. like, but majority of our business is B2B. You can find us at um, uh, Hygiene Ed. 
www.ethicalpractitioners.com.au. All of our product range are on there um, and you can explore the retail solutions as well and the products that are relevant to retail specifically. Um, and we also have our other other ranges that are relevant to medical. But um, yeah, just get in touch through the relevant methods. And, and all of the product, all the products are delivered um, with those testing results that we were talking about before. Mm. So, so we know we know the caliber. We stand behind the caliber of our product, and you know, there'll be um, you know make sure that everyone who works for you is safe. Cool. Well, thanks so much for talking to us. It's been really interesting. I mean, I had no idea about the complexities around masks. So um, a little science lesson. Now, now I know more, which is really good, and, and certainly around hand sanitizer as well. Thanks for listening. Find out more at the National Retail Association website, www.nra.net.au. Want to know more about the Australian retail industry? Visit nra.net.au for more insights just like these.